This is the Adoptive Mom Podcast. Adoption may look different for each family, but we need solidarity from other crazy people who took this leap. And that is what we do here. We encourage, we build up, we share the wins and losses. We lean on each other and we get through this together. Thanks for joining us. for season eight, episode 121 of the Adoptive Mom Podcast, and I could not be more thrilled. So welcome. Thanks for being here with me, Alex Fitton, your host, as we dive into another adoption journey from influencers living out loud so we can see and be encouraged by and learn from them. Today, we get to chat with Amber Kaufman of Instagram's fostering family. She and her colorful family are so much fun online, you guys. It's a whole mix of education and ethics stuff to funny questions adoptive families get to just simple, beautiful family stuff. She and her husband, Alex, are on child number 11, you guys. That's so many kids. And literally, they just delivered their last child. It is adorable. You got to go check it out. But that's so many kids, right? And they do so by making the most every day and bringing us along for the ride. We're going to get into her whole journey here in a sec. But first, I got to remind you guys about our amazing and fantastic and super fun community group over on Facebook. If you're not a part of it, you're totally missing out because I work super hard to make it the safest, most loving group around for adoptive moms to come and get support and connect with each other, which is what the show is all about. So if you're not an adoptive mom yet, or maybe you're even an adoptive dad, that's cool too. You just got to love people and be a listener of the show to be a part. So come join by searching the adoptive mom podcast community on Facebook or using the links on my Instagram at the adoptive mom or by heading to the adoptive mom podcast.com slash community. See you there friends. All right, fam, let's go chat with Amber Kaufman. Welcome back to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I am so excited to be sitting down with Amber Kaufman. I am meeting you for the first time, but I've been following you for a little while, so I'm really excited to actually get to like talk to you. Uh, how's it going? It's going well. We're doing good, hanging in there. <laughs> it's nice to meet you. Yes. Okay, so just take us a second. Take a second and introduce us to yourself and your family. Tell us a little bit about you. Sure. So I'm Amber. Um, my husband and I, his name's Alex. We've been married for about 13 years. Uh, we have 10 children. Uh, we have one on the way, which is crazy. Um, we have adopted seven. We've adopted six kids out of foster care. Um, and uh, we adopted one out of through private adoption. And then three kids are still in care. Uh, working really hard on getting them adopted. Uh, it's been a little bit of a bumpy ride with all of that. We actually have court tomorrow, so it's been crazy, but we are trying really hard to get them adopted. Uh, they've been in care for a really long time. So, um, and yeah, we're just, uh, at, after this adoption, we're going to hang it up <laughs> in Ohio. They max you out at 10. So, um, as you know, to foster, to be foster and adoptive parents. Um, so we are legally have to be done. I don't know if that means like we're fired or we're retiring <laughs> from being foster parents, but I'll, I'll go with retiring or retiring. From being foster yeah. Parents. No, it's like, uh, thank you for your service. 
Yeah. You, <laughs> you've done enough. Goodbye. Like, <laughs> honorable discharge, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so hold on. Let me, if my, if my count is correct, you will have 11 children, correct? Yes. By the end of the year. Yes. <laughs> so like, did, did you already sign a contract with TLC or like, is that <laughs> to come still? <laughs> I, people have asked that before. No, I, I mean, no people. I just saw a show on TV the other day. This lady had 14 kids and I was like, wow, I don't know if it will reach that, but we're well on our way. So I don't know. I know we got, yeah, we got interviewed one time by like a producer, uh, and we've only adopted, we've adopted two out of foster care. And okay. so even in, during the interview, I was like, there's no way, like there are people with so many more kids. Than yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I know. Oh my goodness. Okay. So how far along are you? I am 15 weeks. <gasps> Did yeah. you find out gender? So when this records or when this airs, excuse me, it will be, you'll be even further along, which is so yeah. crazy. Yeah. So That's so hope, fun. Yeah, we, hope, we hope to know. Yeah. We want to find out the gender and everything. It's weird. It's, um, it's weird being in this stage because when you foster and adopt, you know, you get a phone call about a child and then you go get your child, you know, within hours or days. So now I have to, we have to wait like nine months. Like, what is that? We, we're not, right. None of us are used to waiting. <laughs> we're like, okay, this, this baby is coming soon. The kids are like, well, when? I'm like, we have, it takes time. Right. <laughs> so, like this one it's, it's is not overnight. Time. Right. Exactly. It is. It's great. It's weird. It's awesome though. I love first, it. First pregnancy. So that's so fun. Yeah. Congratulations. So much, like all so the much. things. Uh, yeah. So you messed that birth order right up. Like, yep. <laughs> yep. Threw it to the wolves. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, okay. So that's a great segue. It sounds like your story is going to be so jam packed with like all the cool stuff. So take us back to the beginning. Like what made you crazy kids want to do this in the first place all the way to now? We wanted children. We want, I wanted a big family. I come from, I mean, it used to be I have three siblings that used to be a pretty large family, I guess, according to what my mom tells me. Um, and I just knew I wanted a house full of children. And I saw, you know, I could see myself surrounded by children that all that were different. They all looked different. I didn't really know like what that meant at the time. But once Alex and I got together, before we even got married, we started talking about children. And, you know, I mentioned adoption. He was like, yeah, that would be cool. So it was always in our hearts, but we just didn't really know what, what it would look like or how we would go about it. So um, we got married and about two years into our marriage, we decided to, it was time to start our family. So we started uh, trying for children in every way. Um, We called adoption agencies and got turned away for random reasons. Um, They said, you know, if you're not infertile, if you're not dealing with infertility, we can't help you. So I don't know, maybe I was calling the wrong, I didn't know what I was doing. I really didn't know what I was doing. So I guess I was calling the wrong kinds of um, private adoption agencies. Um, Somebody suggested foster care. And that was an absolute no for me. I did not, I had no desire to foster. Um, I wanted children. I didn't want to have to worry about them leaving, you know, the typical like fears um, that everybody experiences before jumping into foster care. Um, And my friend was like, you know, just go to go to the, or ask for information. You have nothing to lose. Take the training and just see what happens. So we did that. (laughs) And that was just kind of the beginning of this crazy journey. Um, They kind of talked us into um, 
we were just going to get licensed for adoption um, to adopt kids out of the foster care system. Uh, but the age group that we wanted, um, they were saying, well, it's really hard to get kids that are adoption ready when they're that young, mm -hmm. you'll want to start fostering first and blah, blah, blah. So we're like, okay. We, they literally just like suckered us into it. Um, but I'm glad they did. It was like the best decision we ever made. So um, we just, my husband and I talked a lot about um, fostering deaf children. Um, I went to school for uh, ASL. Um, cool. To, yeah, it's pretty cool. Wanted to be an interpreter. Ended up changing my mind my senior year of college. Um, crazy. But um, yeah, before we were even finished with our licensing, after they told us, oh, we don't get deaf kids in the system. Uh, they called us and said, are you guys finished yet? And we were like, almost, we're waiting for paperwork from the state. And they were like, we have a deaf child. He's 13 months. Hurry up and get your license. We're like, okay, I mean, we're doing everything we can. So before we were even finished, um, before we were even licensed, we knew about a little boy who was waiting for us. Um, and we, we have him still. He's our son. We adopted him and his baby brother. Um, yeah, we were the only family in the system that knew sign language. So they wanted him to be with a family that could speak to him in his language. Um, yeah, and it just literally snowballed from there. Um, siblings were born and oh, I had to quit my job because the kids were coming so fast. And um, we've, we've had four one, two, we've had three cases of reunification. We've been doing this for 10 years and all of our 10 years, we've had three, um, which is crazy and sad in a way to think about, but um, those were rough. Um, mm -hmm. A couple were rough because, um, you know, you get attached and we encourage other foster families to get attached because love is what they need in the, you know, the time that they're with you. and. Um, we learned that lesson. We're still learning that lesson. Loving the kids with our whole heart is the best we can do for them. And, you know, if they leave, we're, you know, we're like, great, you know, reunification is awesome. We encourage it and support it. If they stay, great. You know, we just want them to be in the best place that they can be. Um, so, yeah, kids just kept coming and coming and coming Babies were being born of <laughs> siblings. We have four sibling sets, I think. I feel like that's right. <laughs> the mean, fact I, that you have to count is just I really, amazing. <laughs> I, I think that's right. We have four sibling sets. <laughs> um, so that's an honor to be able to keep them together. That was also really heavy on our hearts. We didn't want to um, separate anyone. So um, yeah, we worked our way up to 10, I, I think um, 2018, 2019 uh, was the hardest, not the hard, it was hard, but it, that was the biggest wave of children. We got uh, four kids in two years. Uh, two of them were newborns five months apart, but they were siblings of the older kids that we had. So that was a, we went out with a bang. <laughs> For real. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. The, the swinging doors have been closed since then? Since uh, 2019. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. What, what, which kids were first? Like, how did that were, were the kids that you got in your home first, not the ones you adopted first? Like, how did all that play out? The, so the kids that, so you went in like the order they came. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Eli, he's our, he'll be 12 in a couple of weeks. He was our first placement. 
um, he's deaf. And um, after him, we then got a call for a little boy. Um, we had him for about three months and then he was reunified. Uh, after that, we got a call for a little girl. She was about three months. We had her for nine months, I think, maybe 10 months. And then she was reunified. That was extremely hard. We got very, very attached to her, but she's awesome. She's big and her mom is doing great and we love them. Actually, we still talk. So it's, it's really cool, um, to be able to have that, you know, relationship, um, after the, our little girl left, um, the day actually our little girl left, um, Eli, our son's little brother was born. And so they called us and told us. Um, so that was like a weird, like wave of emotions. I was heartbroken because, you know, we just lost our little girl. And now, you know, my soon to be son was born. And I didn't know how to feel. Yeah. Um, so we got him home from the hospital four days later. Um, he had to stay uh, for mild withdrawals from um, marijuana. Um, but we got to bring him home. After that, we, uh, about a year later, two years later, about a year later, we got a phone call for, um, Leah. She is 13 now. She was five when we got the phone call. Uh, she was recovering in the hospital. Um, she was severely beaten and recovering. Um, she had just woken up from a coma. And that was a wild, 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 wild ride. Mm -hmm. um, bringing her home was amazing. Um, she's healed. She's doing really, really well. Um, and then I think within that same year, her little sister was born. Uh, and so we brought her home from the hospital. <laughs> um, and then I really should have pictures in front of me. I'm looking at a picture as you talk, actually. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> as you roll down the roster, I'll like zoom in. I'm like, okay, that's her. That's her. I can show yeah. you if you need. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's Naomi. Okay. So then next was <laughs> did Ezra come next? Ezra came next. So um, he's the little boy in the light blue shirt. Um, oh, my goodness. His hair. I know. He's so, he's so sweet. He's got the best hair. Um he was our private adoption. Okay. We were, uh, I would say that might've been the longest gap actually might've been like a year and a half to two years when he was born. Um, my friend, my husband and I were laying in bed. I was like one in the morning and a friend of mine messaged me and she said, Hey, I have this friend who, you know, she's going to have a baby, but she wants to do adoption. Um, I don't really know what to tell her or how to go about it. Can you, is there anything you know about private adoption? And I literally looked at Alex. I was like, do you want a baby? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> so I still have the screenshot of the conversation. I was like, we want them in all caps. And um, yeah, we got that met. We got that text message in March. He was doing April, uh, he was doing May. So we had like two months we thought to fundraise cause we had never, you know, private yeah. adoption is different. Um, to fundraise for him, but because they didn't go through an agency, it was, um, it wasn't as crazy, which was nice. And then of course he decided to come early. So he, <laughs> he came April 11th, which is the birthday of his older brother, Zion, um, which is great. Cause it's like, they have that connection because Ezra does not have a biological sibling in the house, uh, with us. So it's kind of cool that he can share a birthday with his brother. 
love that. Um, yeah, it was really cool. We woke up April 11th, ready to celebrate Zion's birthday. And um, we got a phone call and we were like, we love you, Zion. We got to go to Columbus to meet your baby brother. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> you know, like, so that was Congratulations crazy. for your yeah. birthday. We got yeah. you. A My brother. <laughs> Uh, we drove back and forth to Columbus, uh, every day, except one day. Cause we were extremely exhausted. We were afraid like we wouldn't make it without falling asleep at the wheel. Um, we had to wait until my husband got off work. So we would hit the road at about eight 30. My sister would watch our kids for us and we'd stay and hold them until about one in the morning, every night. My goodness. We'd drive back from Columbus, um, and, and rest and do it all again the next day. He was very early, so he had to stay in the NICU for a while. We brought him home uh, in May. And then about a year later. Do you need the picture? I remember now. (laughs) This is more recent. (laughs) But keep it handy because you never know. Um, A year and a half later-ish, we moved into a a house, a bigger house because we needed the space. Yeah. Just in time. Cause like three weeks after we moved in, we got a phone call for siblings set of three and um, they were reunified. They got to go live with their grandmother. That was nuts. Um, they came flying through our house at 11 PM, a uh, head full of lice. Oh no. Which we didn't know about until after they had touched everything. That's okay. Uh, foster care is crazy. It's great. It's great. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, uh, so, you know, we dealt with that. No biggie. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had them for 19, 19 months. We had them. Uh, but we knew that they were going to be reunified. It took a while, but we, we knew. So, um, yeah, they got to go back. And then after they went back, Actually, right before they went back, um, we got a phone. I, we were running errands. My husband went into Walgreens. I got a phone call. I was sitting in the van, and my caseworker's like, hi. And I knew that that meant like. Hey, girl, hey. I, yeah, I knew it was a placement call, but the way she said it, I knew it was going to be like something wild. Uh, she was like, so there's this baby who was born two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Um, she's recovering, um, uh, born dependent on heroin. She's recovering in the hospital. I just really feel like you guys would be the best family for her. Um, do you want her? And I was like, yes. So Alex came back outside and I was like, Hey, we have another baby coming. And he was like, great. <laughs> I can't believe that that's how our lives were for 10 years. Like literally. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we, went home and tried to prepare as best we could. And then he went and picked her up from the hospital and she recovered really well from all of that. Uh, so we have this, she was teeny tiny, so sweet. We have this brand new, brand new newborn baby. Uh, and then uh, a few days after we got her, the um, siblings that I mentioned before went to be reunified with their, um, with their grandmother. So let's see. About a year later, we averaged we averaged about a placement a year, a year and a half. Um, we get a phone call to take another sibling set of two, and uh, we still have them. They're uh, the two that are, well. There's three now, but it was two at the time 
We're working on adopting them. Uh, and about two months after they were placed with us, we get a phone call. Um, like, so you guys want to take, you're ready for their baby brother. We're like, what? <laughs> I was like, what, what baby brother? And they were like, well, bio mom's pregnant. We told you that. And I was like, no, you didn't. <laughs> Foster care is great. <laughs> you didn't tell us that. I mean, but yes, we'll take him, but you didn't tell us that. So, um, <laughs> here comes their baby brother. So sweet. Um, and then baby brother got, uh, very ill with RSV. So mm-hmm. my husband stayed in the hospital with him for about nine days and it was running. It was crazy. I feel like that year they said a lot of babies were in the hospital for that. Um, while he was in the hospital, we get a text message from, um, our daughter, Mercy's mother, the little girl who was um, recovering from the heroin. Um, she's asking if we have room for one more because she's pregnant. And we were like, yeah. So <laughs> my husband's in the hospital, like exhausted, texting me like, hey, I think we might have another placement coming soon. We had about six months to prepare for justice. And uh, he came. Um, we rushed to the hospital, got to hold him. And uh, yeah, he, he was our last one and we, he's still here. So I think I hit them all. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. That, that was a crazy couple of the, the last four placements were, were nuts. 2018 and 19 were crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, it, that seems like an <laughs> understatement. Um, so do you have, do you, they look similar in like height. Do you have some pseudo twins? We have, um, so, okay. Yeah. The, the two youngest little boys are five months apart. Um, okay. so, yeah. Um, they're five months apart and then, uh, mercy and, uh, one of the, our foster daughters, I, I can't say her name, but, um, they are 10 months apart. So I okay. think the closest pairs of, of twin, you know, they're the same age for a while that we, that we have. Yeah. Oh no, that's I, not true. That's not true. Um, <laughs> Ezra, the or my like curly-haired baby boy, and uh, his foster sister are the same age for a while. So okay. we have three sets of those. <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> we have our two youngest are five and a half months apart, and so um, it's it's really. I was just talking to someone who has real twins, like mm-hmm. biological twins, today. Yeah. And we were just talking about the similarities. Cause like her twins have their little like twin language. And I was like, we might not have that, but they definitely yeah. do like twin things, which is yeah. really fun. Um, and my oldest, who's just 10 months older than the, or my, I'm sorry, not my oldest, my old, my oldest that is still in the house. Yeah. Uh, and he gets so annoyed about it. He's like, <laughs> he's all left out and yeah, oh. I know <laughs> he's bossy though. So he, he deserves it to a degree. <laughs> Um, okay. So I had to say, I think it's hilarious that you even have to remember that. Like, I mean, I'm sure that part of it is such a blur, but then the other part of it is just like, that's what your family is. That's normal for you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is so, uh, interesting that now you're having a biological child. And I'm so curious to know, especially the older ones that have a little bit of a firmer grasp on, your family and, and, you know, their place in it and how do they feel about them? Are they so excited or do they feel kind of weird about it or what? They're very excited. Um, it, it's, it's strange. I, I don't know if it's more strange for us. I don't know. I, 
we always, I mean, I don't know if this is like a normal feeling, but we definitely thought we would have biological kids first and that they would kind of shape our family. And then we would introduce like foster and adoptive kids, but it totally happened the opposite way. Um, so Alex and I are really excited that it happened this way because it's like, you guys shaped our family. Like we tell them that, like you guys were first, you know, and now we get to introduce, you know, your little brother or sister into the mix and you can show him or her the ropes and all that other stuff. Um, they, my brother, my youngest brother had a baby recently. And so they're, they're super excited that, that it's fresh in their minds, like new baby, the whole process and all that stuff. They, they're really excited. The older ones, um, they're really excited. They can't wait to help and everything. My baby, the younger ones are just, they pat my belly all the time and say baby and stuff like that. So <laughs> they're really excited. We, we try, we, we, we are extremely open and honest with our kids about foster care and adoption and biologicals and all that stuff. And we want to make sure that they understand that they belong and um, that there's nothing wrong with being adopted or being, you know, in foster care. You're loved here. This is your family. Um, yeah. We're very, very open about those things. So, which is totally the way to go. I think that mm-hmm. I'm so glad that the narrative is shifting just in recent years with more people yes. understanding foster care and adoption. And now it's almost like really weird when people don't just yeah. have the open conversations. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's like a taboo topic in your house. That's weird. You know? Yeah. Hey, I agree. Oh my gosh. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Which is so incredible. I mean, if you listen to one adoptee and that's like right. what they're shouting is like, don't not talk about it. Yes. Um, yeah. So I wanted to ask you, uh, with so many kids in your home, um, including kids that have been reunified and have left your home, um, you've got to be dealing with a lot of different trauma stories, right? Mm -hmm. So what has that been like? Just almost having to, I mean, just wear so many different hats because even, even trauma being different enough from neurotypical behavior, it can be different from each other, which is a whole other thing to deal with. It's like your trauma is different right. from yours and yours is different than hers. I don't know. What has that been like for you? Right. I, uh, it's, it's definitely challenging, especially because we have so many and they're all so different. Um, I think the most, the dra- the most drastic situ- you know, cases that we're dealing with even right now, um, it's probably our oldest daughter and, uh, our nine-year-old son, um, she, you know, with all the physical abuse and everything that she went through, um, at five, you know, she was older and, and remembers those things. Uh, but she's very, um, chill. She's very calm, rarely gets angry. Um, we have to really ask her questions and, you know, kind of dig and make, you know, make sure she's talking about her feelings and things like that. Um, just, you know, we don't want her to keep anything in there. You know, we try yeah. to encourage her to talk as much as possible. Uh, that's and and because she is the way she is, she's naturally just even tempered and, and mellow. But because of that, you know, we get distracted, you know, we get distracted with all the other chaos mm-hmm. here and we forget, you know, so that that's something that we're learning to remember to do with her. You know, how are you doing today? How was school? was the bus ride okay? You know, or, you know, are you doing okay? You feeling good? You know, those things, little questions that we would just forget to ask her. Yeah. Um, so that's like an extreme on this end. And then our nine-year-old, he, we brought him home from the hospital. So he never experienced any physical 
um, anything physical or abuse like that. But um, I, we, I really believe that kids just carry stuff, you know, regardless of where, what happened, you know, where they come from when they're born into this world, you know, he, he was left at the hospital. So um, we are still dealing with like abandonment things with him, rage and anger and all that. He's very, he's a big feeler. <laughs> he's my big feeler. You know, when he gets mad, he gets really mad. And, you know, we have, we're working with him on his, the anger things that he's going through and um, expressing it in a different way and self-control and all of that. So, oh my gosh, it's, it's two totally different worlds. Um, you know, you, they, they provide training in, when you're in, when you're fostering your ongoing training. Uh, and we tried to go to as many of the trauma ones as possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the, the topic, the trauma topic ones as possible, because we were like, oh my gosh, like we don't, we want to make sure we're doing everything we need to do for them. So uh, yeah, that's been, that's been challenging, but um, we're just, you know, we, we believe in prayer and Jesus and we, we pray a lot, mm-hmm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. ask God to help us and give us wisdom, you know, cause we're human too. And we make mistakes and we get mad too. Uh, our nine-year-old really knows how to push every single button that, mm-hmm. you know, could set it off. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we're, we're, we're trying, but it's, it's going well. We're, we're making progress. We're seeing progress. So that's, yeah. you know, it's interesting you say that because we have one of those two, we got him as a baby I and mean, he was withdrawing. So he does have that trauma, but he doesn't remember mm-hmm. not us. And, and it's just like, he doesn't have attachment issues, but he knows how to push those buttons. And it just makes you wonder, you're like, it's such a, it can be such a personality issue. And you, you see that even with, um, just hearing different adoptee stories. Cause obviously mm-hmm. adoptive parents can do damage or they can be fantastic. Sure. And not yeah. that that doesn't matter. Like that is certainly, uh, you know, mm-hmm. something to be considered, but it just, it's such a personality thing hearing some adoptees that really struggle with attachment or understanding or abandonment or anything. And then some of them are just like, it's fine. You know, um, right. it, it just, I don't know. It's, it, it's such an interesting process to hear about and doing what I do, getting to talk to so many different people. I'm always fascinated to hear just how different people handle yeah. very similar experiences. Yeah. yeah. The the whole consequence thing has to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing when to let them express, knowing, you know, express their feelings and when, okay, you've crossed the line, mm-hmm. you know, you can't speak to me that way, all of that. Like, and you know, it happens, <laughs> you can read as many books as you want. <laughs> you can go to as many trains as you want, but when it happens in the moment, nothing you read, you, you won't remember any of it. It, It's just, you know, your kid, the situation is the situation and you just have to deal, you know, you just have to deal with it in the moment, the best way you can. And (laughs) I I feel like we've been facing that a lot. (laughs) Like quarantine and this pandemic has been, like I've posted that so many times on social media, like check on your foster and adoptive families. Like it hits different. It hits so different. I mean, everyone's had a hard time, but man, like it is so hard just having kids out of routine and discombobulated and without having the security of a structure or whatever. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and mama's lids flip too. Like that's what sucks is you, you hit the nail on the head. Like we're human too. And we just experience more shame because of it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm learning to not carry that burden. You know, I, 
I'm, you know, I do my best. My husband does his best. We don't, you know, we, we know our limits. <laughs> we know our, you know, like, okay, I, you know, tag, you're it. Husband, go, please handle that. You know, I got to go upstairs for a minute or whatever. But um, yeah, we're learning how to, to take care of ourselves too, so that we can be the best we can be for them. So, well, I'm glad you're um, able to learn that stuff and teach us, you know, through social media and stuff, just as you learn it and share, <laughs> um, you know, some fun stuff, obviously, but also like the deep stuff that we all need to hear as adoptive and foster parents, which is so important. It is. Yeah. Um, okay. So I wanted to ask you too, um, your family probably gets a lot of fun stares when you go out in public for <laughs> multiple reasons. First of all, because there's a million of you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so people are probably like, is this like a field trip or. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then also because you guys are a million different colors, which is so yeah. fun. Uh, what has that experience been like for you? Just both of those things together. Yeah, um, we definitely get the stares. Uh, I think the most common question we get or I get is, uh, do I run a daycare? Um, (laughs) And it is like the biggest pet peeve because my husband doesn't get that question. (laughs) Mm. But I get that question all the time. Like I've had people stop on the street. I've had people like notice me in restaurants. And I I don't know, maybe they saw me because we we have to walk to a bus stop in the morning with the kids. I do. Um, And... I'm, I'm assuming she saw me walking. Cause I don't, I had never seen this woman before I was in a restaurant and she literally was like, Hey, it's you. And I was like, yeah, well, let me, <laughs> she was like, yeah, you, you, do you want a daycare? I was like, no. And then she looked at my kids and I, I was like, these are my kids. And she was like, Oh, and she just, she didn't, it didn't compute. Like, I don't know. I think she might've thought I was lying to her. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah. I've had people come up to me in parking lots and um, drive throughs I get it all the time. (laughs) Um, It's, it's, it's frustrating, but I'm also learning to be gracious um, where, where grace, I don't want to say where grace is deserved, but some people are rude and they ask in a completely inappropriate way um, in front of my children. And I can't stand that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really give them anything other than no, these are my kids. I don't go into explaining anything. Cause I'm like, you don't deserve to know my business. <laughs> you don't need to sure. know anything. <laughs> um, but I would say more times than not, people are just genuinely curious and they just don't know how to ask. Um, so I'll, you know, I'll tell them I'm a foster adoptive parent. I also got lots of t-shirts that say things like <laughs> uh, things about foster care, hoping <laughs> that that will help it never helps <laughs> unless I'm alone. People will read it and be like, Oh, that's cool. But not if I'm with them, which is weird. But um, yeah, the, the stairs, the, Oh my goodness. I do. You want me to tell you one of my favorite stories? Please, please do. Okay. Um, um, probably the most bold one that's ever happened. We were at a restaurant. I was with my brother actually. And I had three or four kids with me. Um, and I noticed her staring. She was by herself. She was eating. She was an older woman. Uh, and I think, uh, yeah, I, I looked at her at, like after about 15, 20 minutes of her just like literally staring at us. I just kind of waved and smiled at her and she just kind of frowned and like looked down. So I was like, okay, that's weird. So we just kind of, you know, kept eating and got up to pay for our food. And she left her table. She left her food to come talk to me. And she tapped me on my arm and she said, I know I'm being nosy 
she was like, but I just have to know where did you get all these white children? And I was Mm. like, I just gasped. And the cat, the lady at the register was like, okay, ma'am. Like she clapped her hands, like to get my attention. Cause she could just, I don't know. I think she could just see the rage, like in my face. She was like, no, no, ma'am. Okay, ma'am. Here's your receipt. Here's your change. Have a nice day. It's okay. And I was just like, and I turned back to her and I was like, these are my kids. I, they're my, they're my children. And she was like, oh, that's really great. Usually it's the other way around. And I was like, okay, thank you so much. And I just kind of walked away. Um, people just don't, they can't, it's like, they can't comprehend. I don't know. Um, it's different maybe to her. It's, I don't, I don't feel like it's different. I don't feel like it's that different, but to see a black woman with white children, you know, they automatically assume I'm, I'm running a day here uh, or that. Yeah. Like, it's weird. Well, I think it's probably even, I mean, cause I I've talked to, you know, many of the adoptive women who are black, who mm-hmm. have white children, mm-hmm. if they're by themselves, often it's like, you're the babysitter, you're the daycare worker, but yes. you're with your brother. So I'm sure that like that hits even harder for her to be yeah. like, this is a black couple is what she probably assumed. Yeah. Probably. And they have yeah. white children and yeah. like, Oh girl, I'm sorry yeah. that that happened. First it's of all, wild. but also like, I like the cashier being like, she really literally (laughs) saved me and that woman's life. Cause I was so furious, (laughs) but you know what? I'm grateful for those experiences because it, what, what those experiences teach me um, is to a keep my cool because I don't want to become an irate human being Mm -hmm. because, you know, I, I, I am being closely watched, um, you know, because I foster you know, and, you know, we have, we have to remember that, <laughs> it, you know, we're being watched. you know, literally any slip up and things can happen that you don't want to happen. Um, but also I want to be a good example for my children too. You know, they're going to grow up and they're going to experience, I'm sure they all go to school. Um, and I believe my, my middle schoolers already gotten questions about why is your mom black and your dad's white? And why do you have, you know, white siblings and stuff like that? So they need to know how to respond to those situations. Um, and, and if people are rude, let them be rude, but you respond with kindness. Um, you don't have to take anything. You can walk away, but you respond with kindness. And I want to be an example, my husband too, to them in those situations, because I'm sure they're going to get it maybe worse than we have. Who knows? But That's so, it's heavy and it's hard. And when you're dealing with something as heavy and hard as adoption already is, mm-hmm. um, when you add uh, just such another difficult layer to it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I like, I want to say it makes you guys even stronger, which, you know, I'm sure that there's a part of you that's like, I don't want to have to be stronger. I right. just want to be just, able to live my life. Yep. I'll pass on the life lessons. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. but it's just, I don't know. I think that it's cool that you've chosen to share that experience with the world. Um, which kind of is a good segue into just like how, what is this process for, of you sharing and having such a big platform been like for you, especially having such specific eyes on your story? Yeah. Um, I, I didn't think, I, I didn't think that it would go the way it's going. I really honestly did it to vent. I did it because I needed to talk about it. Um, we have an amazing, my, my parents and my husband's parents are so amazing. Like they support us. They love, they love our kids, you know, foster kids included. Um, 
that's that's been awesome. Our support system is amazing. Um, but you know, and we vent to them, but it's like I don't know. I guess I did it in hopes that people would be able to relate. Because honestly, if you haven't been through it, you really don't understand what foster parents go through. Um, and just the life changes that happen so quickly and what that does to our routines and our rhythm and our hearts and our minds and our mental health. Like it, it's crazy. Um, I, don't, I don't even remember the first video I put out, but I, uh, I was venting probably. And I, I like to add humor to it because, you know, it helps, <laughs> it helps yeah. to laugh, but it, it's serious, but it, it does help. Um, so I just kept doing it because man, I just felt so much release from that. And then the feedback that I've been getting from other foster parents and people who want to foster and my absolute favorite uh, teenagers who want to foster. I love it when they reach out to me because I'm like, yes. Cause people are like, well, you know, people are saying I'm too young to even think about it. I'm like, no, you're not. You're awesome. Like that is such a selfless thing to want to do. You keep going and you pursue that because these kids need your love too, you know, uh, to want to do that at such a young age is so cool to me. Um, but yeah, I love the feedback that I've been getting and uh, just the camaraderie in the, in the foster care world and the adoption world. It's healing, you know, it helps to know that you're not alone, uh, that there are other people out there that are experiencing, you know, similar things or different things that you're learning, you know, that you can learn from. So I, I, it's been a blessing for me to, for my heart to, to just kind of be public with our experiences and things like that. So, yeah. Well, and that, I mean, that's the most important piece of it is that if it's, I don't know if it's showing your love for your kids and your love for Jesus and your love for just what you guys are doing. And if it's like, do it, you know, helping you. And if it's, I don't know, then that's, that's all that matters. Like who cares yeah. about the other people, which is, <laughs> such a freeing thing to say, but it's also like, Oh, if this is good for you too, then great. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm super glad that people find it helpful, That that's mm-hmm. a, definitely, I mean, I probably wouldn't do it if they didn't. <laughs> Cause then I feel like, well, crap, but <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm super glad that people find it helpful. And it's, it's, it needs to be talked about more, honestly, it needs to be talked about more in an honest way. Like I, I'm, I just, I try to be super honest and open with, with stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole reason I do this podcast is that, you know, I, I looked around and no one was talking or very few people were talking about the like really hard stuff or the real stuff. It was, it was a lot of like, you should adopt too. It's great. You know? And it's like, yes, but you should know what you're getting into first, you know? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a very important piece of the puzzle. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, okay. Are you cool with getting into closing questions? Absolutely. Okay. What do you wish you had known at the very beginning of this journey? Look back to young, sweet, innocent Amber. <laughs> Tell her something about it. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Probably. Um, I guess I think what's a, maybe just um, the the trauma the 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 I don't want to say baggage because they're so young it's like I don't know but just everything that they come with uh, you're not just fostering a child you know their their family their extended family you know possibly 
you know, or you're welcoming, you could possibly be welcoming, welcoming them into your life, so to speak, uh, with visitations and all of those things. If, if you end up being able to have, you know, a relationship with them uh, after reunification or after adoption, uh, being willing, you don't have to, but, you know, being willing to even allow that. Um, we just kind of went into it like, we're just going to foster and adopt babies and that's it. But uh, I think, oh, it, you know, it, it really opened my mind up to all that's really out there. You're really, it, it's, it's about the children, yes, but you're also, you know, building, maybe building relationships with the biological family. It hasn't happened every time for us. Um, but some, you know, we, we've, we've had a few and um, it, it's been good. Some haven't been so good, but um, I think that was the most surprising thing. Understanding that these kids come with a lot more yeah. than just them. <laughs> yeah. I think that's great. I mean, that's great to just think about for anyone that's, you know, on in this journey is that it's not as I think that we all come into it thinking it's going to be complicated, but sometimes there's little complications that you just don't even process until you're in it, you know? Yep. Yep. Okay. What do you wish you had done differently? Um, hmm. I wish that I would have spoken up. Um, I mean, I guess I didn't really have much to say earlier on, but been more open about what we were going through, been more open about what, you know, I was going through, um, how I was feeling, you know, mentally and emotionally. Um, I didn't really know who to talk to other than my husband and my family. But, you know, like I said, my family didn't know what I was going through. So I didn't feel like they really could understand my husband. You know, we would talk a lot, but, um, or even just to reach out to other foster families who've been doing it for a while for advice, you know, how do you care for yourself? How do you, you know, how do you keep it together? Cause this is crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that would have been healthy for me to, to reach out to like older couples who've done it before. Yeah. Oh, that was, yeah. I mean, that's great. Sooner. Advice. Yeah. Sooner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before you even know you need it. Um, yeah. okay. So yeah. You've alluded to your family being great. Um, I'm curious though, just even within your family or your friends or the circle that you had kind of at the beginning of this, how, how have those people best supported you? What's your favorite way that people have shown up for you? Um, definitely they, other than being willing to babysit, (laughs) um, uh, honestly just saying, go for it. Um, we support you. I have unfortunately come across quite a few people uh, during this journey and being public with our stories uh, that have family members that don't support them. And um, I cannot imagine what that would feel like having to go through this alone without the support of of my my parents and Alex's parents and my siblings and Alex's siblings. Um, Them just encouraging us vocally and saying, you know, I can tell, I could tell when we call them, like, we got another placement, you know, especially <laughs> our parents, they're like, you did? <laughs> Yay. Like, okay. 
you're you're okay, right? You know, we they, we would get that. You guys are okay. You you doing okay? <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, and a couple of times they'd say, "Now you guys might need to slow down a little bit." But I could even tell in those moments that they were really just showing that they care mm-hmm. and that they were honestly concerned. But they were so supportive. You know, the second we introduced them to the kids, they're in love. So um, I that has been for me, the, the best part of, of their, of them being in our corner, their verbal, like encouragement and, and cheering us on through this. My mom yeah. always says like, she doesn't understand how anybody can do it, but she, she wouldn't change it. You know, those are her, those are my grandbabies. That's what she says all the time. <laughs> I love that. What's her grandmother name? Grammy. Grammy. Yeah. And um, my dad is Poppy. I love it. My kids have a Grammy and Poppy. Oh, really? That's my good. husband's yeah. parents. Yeah. It's fun. We, um, my husband's parents are grandma and grandpa, but my mom is like, I don't want to be grandma. So she <laughs> spent all this time trying to think of names, you know, for herself. And I was like, well, when you think of one, let me know. Cause we got a kid coming soon. So <laughs> she came up with grandma. <laughs> I love that. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So on the flip side, how have you felt just, I don't know, unsupported or, misunderstood throughout your journey. And I know you've already shared several stories, but I imagine having such a, I say public, I mean, obviously you get to choose what you share on the sure. internet and what you mm-hmm. don't, but you know, I imagine that you definitely have your share of inappropriate comments and questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, how have I felt the most unsupported? Uh, I really dislike um, when people uh, assume that um, because of it's, it's mostly race, racist, racism. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I get it from both sides. Um, when people in the black community come at me and, um, accuse me of kind of being, um, a traitor, I'm like betraying your race or betraying. Yeah. Like I'm betraying my race because I haven't, and you know, clearly they haven't looked through my social media plot, like all of my social, you know, it's not hard to find. Like you, if you go, you keep scrolling. Why are you even, why are you, why are you messaging me? Uh, why don't you adopt black kids? And I'm like, I have, <laughs> then you see them. <laughs> Did that too. <laughs> right. What else you got? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, they, they've said, I, I must hate myself to not, you know, to only adopt white kids or whatever. Um, and then the other side, you know, I've gotten white people saying, you know, they sh- they belong with their own race. You're going to teach them the ghetto culture, whatever that means. Um, oh gosh, I, I know. I'm just that's those those hurt um, because it, it's so far from anything that we stand for. Um, and I would say those comments, I feel like the the most def- not defeated, but definitely unsupported uh, because it, it hurts. Those hurt. And I, we, we want so much for our children. Well, I mean, this is what they know. Our family is all they know. Um, it's nothing for them to look to their right or their left and see their little baby brother who's a different skin color than them snuggling with them. And, you know, that's nothing for them. Yeah. So that to cultivate that atmosphere in our home and then some, you know, to be and then you know, that you know, the message of love and celebrating differences. We, we, I hate the love has no color or I don't see color. No, see color. Like we mm-hmm. teach our kids, see it and love it and appreciate it and celebrate it. Like it's such a beautiful thing. I feel like our family is just so rich with, with culture and heritage and just 
the differences that make us who we are. I love that. Like, like I hold that so dear to my heart. So when people say things like that, I'm just like, oh, you don't get it. And that was mean. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I would say those are the moments where I, it doesn't happen often, but it, it leaves a pretty good sting when it does. But, you know, I get over it and move on. But yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's sad that you have to get over it and move on. Um, but it's also just such a testimony to, I don't know, what, a, what an incredible person you are, just that you're able to not let that stuff get you down and that you're able to keep doing um, such amazing kingdom work through all of that opposition. Um, like what a cool story and what a cool example that... Um, I don't know, everyone has, but specifically people who look like you and your husband um, and families that look like yours can look to you guys and say like, they can do it. So, so can I, Um, which probably happens a lot, probably more than you even think, you know? Yeah. So if you could wrap it all up for us, what's your best piece of advice or encouragement for adoptive mamas in the trenches? Um, Stay the course. Um, If you're fostering, um, love them with your whole heart. I feel like that's something that the Lord has definitely, I mean, I'm still learning. I'm not perfect at it at all, but uh, that's definitely the biggest, the biggest lesson that I've learned through this. And it's something that I didn't know about myself, you know, that um, loving unconditionally is, is hard. And I thought I was loving them, but there was always that fear, you know, they might go back. So I don't want to give them my whole heart. I don't want to love them all the way because they might not be here forever. But, you know, the Lord's like, no, I love you all the way. And you have the choice to leave if you want. And I still love you. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So (laughs) loving them regardless of where they go, where they end up, because that is what they need while they're with you. Um, that has been an amazing lesson. Um, so, so good. And it even brings more understanding about God's love for us, you know? Yeah. Um, love hard, get too attached. And, and you know, not everybody goes into this believing in, in God. And I, I totally understand that and respect that. Uh, if, you know, you're listening and you don't believe in God, love them anyway. You know, you're doing it because you want to bring children into your life and and to love them um, and and love them for who they are and learn from them because that they're, man, they're awesome. These kids are awesome and they're strong. And I've learned so much from, from them about forgiveness. Um, We hear their stories and we want to fight somebody um, (laughs) on their behalf, but uh, my oldest daughter, I think more than any of them has, have, she's taught me so much about forgiveness. Mm. And just like, I forgive them. I forgive them. I'm just like, wow. Wow. I, yeah. That's, that's what we're supposed to do. Good job. You know? Um, yeah. That's so powerful stuff. Yeah. That's really <laughs> cool. Well, Amber and I are about to go have a super fun conversation over for the community on Patreon. Uh, it's my favorite part. If you're not a part of that, then you should definitely go to the adoptive mom podcast.com slash Patreon. So you can join it. Amber has no idea what I'm about to ask her, which is my <laughs> very favorite thing, but, uh, to sign us off, tell us where we can all follow along with you and your family. Sure. Um, so we're on Instagram at fostering 
fostering underscore family 12. <laughs> um, the number 12. I think that's right. Yeah. Fostering underscore family 12. Um, we're also on Facebook. It's just fostering family 12, all one word. And I'm on TikTok. Those are my little goofy things that I like to do. Uh, it's just Amber Christina <laughs> on TikTok. I love it. I love TikTok. Yeah. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's pretty fun. <laughs> I love it so much. I know. And it's so funny because I, all of my TikTok is my TikTok is just Enneagram stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I like, I have the weirdest algorithm. It's like, so you want to see Enneagram stuff. You also want to see adoptive family stuff. (laughs) Also want to see home decorating stuff. Got it. Got it. Yep. Got it. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, definitely go hit that follow button on Amber. She is a super fun and edifying follow. So go do that. And until next time, thank you so much for joining us. This has been amazing. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I hope you found encouragement here. I need you to know that you are enough and you're doing a great job. We are all in this together and I am over here cheering you on. Don't forget to check out show notes for this episode and other resources at the adoptive mom podcast.com. Thanks for joining us.